Welcome to the Curious Women Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Hager, and I'm here with my co-host, Kylie Fignano, and we're chatting about women's health to teach you what you didn't know you didn't know. I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. Happy freaking birthday. Wait a minute. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Is this going to work? I'm shaking. Why am I shaking? Because I'm so fucking excited to see the two of you. <laughs> That's why. Oh my God. I, I went and got you like little... <laughs> Wait, maybe I put them in the wrong way. Hold on. Maybe I maybe I reversed them. One second. Let me, let me try this out. You're doing something cute. I can tell. I'm trying. I'm like... <laughs> uh, let's see. Hold on. Oh my They're god. Candles. They're not Did you doing put the candles that? in upside down? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I didn't. They're just not lighting, but the but it's the idea that counts. I was going to sing happy it birthday is. to you. And for those of you who can't see, this is a jar of lentils. <laughs> <laughs> You're in amazing. Honor, in honor of your birthday, but I'm sorry that it sorry. fell flat. Yes. I don't know. I these That was I'm so sad. <laughs> In honor of your gut rehab. Oh my God, that's so funny. I love that. So yes. beautiful. This is yes. the one you have is my, it is my fucking favorite. Mm-hmm. It's the best flavor by far. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I wish they had it all the time. Yeah. For those, for those who can't see, they are drinking Olipop in honor of Cheers. Kylie because it's her birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have no groceries at all because I've been <laughs> on another planet for the past two weeks. But um, have, yes. so I was not able to scrounge up anything except for this jar of lentils. And I apparently have some <laughs> pomegranate juice in my fridge. So I added that to my typical morning cocktail <laughs> in honor of you. <laughs> Only you would randomly have some leftover pomegranate juice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have I have precisely one egg, pomegranate juice, <laughs> and half a jar of lentils, and a half a jar of lentils, and a few spare grapes floating or rolling around in my fridge. That's what we're doing. Mm. That's where we are. Hashtag dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> the dietitian who I was just telling Selena how I have not had a proper vegetable in probably seven days, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen. We're doing the best. We're doing the best. And that's all yeah. that matters. We're yeah. all just surviving at this point. You know, that's it. it's okay. Yeah. That's all we can say. That's all we can say. This is great. The last time I saw you, I was crying a lot. And I make no promises. I make no promises to get through today without doing that. Um, but, you know, I'll put a solid effort in. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and the last time we were also called out on our asses and our sex lives. So I think uh, I wouldn't expect today to be much different. <laughs> this is an abrasive, abrasive podcast. You know, we come mm. in thinking it's all nice and gentle. Curious women, learn what you didn't know you didn't know. Bullshit. No. Yeah. We're calling yeah. you. Call. We're just being called out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the best part of curiosity is sometimes like what you don't know can hurt you. And that's mm-hmm. what we learned as. <laughs> Could we make shirts? What you don't know can hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Or crowns. Maybe we should make them crowns. I like the crowns. What you don't can hurt In you. Fact, whoever wants to, maybe we should, maybe that's what our prize should be. Kylie and I have been discussing. Um, giving out like a prize for someone who like p- picking a monthly person who leaves us a review and Amazing. giving them like a prize. You, 
you will get a crown that says what you curiosity can hurt you. <laughs> what you don't know can hurt you. I love yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so Beautiful. many good ones. You could also play around with curiosity killed the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curiosity sure killed us. Yeah, because sure especially because um, cat is also a euphemism for other female experiences. Oh my right? God. She's so, it's so good. That's a it's good so one. Good. If there's anything I love, it's some really powerful branding. So we, you know, <laughs> it's low hanging fruit, Meg. We would, it would be, it would be a dismissal to not at least explore. I agree. I agree. Yes. Thank you so. So we didn't tell our listeners this, but this is also like half marketing session for. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hey, spin it Welcome. at me. I can do it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I, I'm really, really excited to have you on today, Selena, because um, you are my business coach and somebody who I have grown to be so incredibly thankful for, but also just really delighted that you're in my life. And I'm really happy that we can share your gifts with the world, with our listeners. And so we're Kylie and I have been taking a little bit, we've been exploring topics that are a little bit different than what we started the podcast is doing, but we did that because it called to both of us. And we think that all elements of what we've been exploring are important. And, and honestly, it, it, it goes back to health too. Anyway. Yeah. Um, like most right. Always. It always goes back to health in the body. So, um, Selena, would you like to introduce yourself? Like, tell us what you do and who you are so we can, get going and start picking your brain. I'm actually very curious to hear the words that you choose to use for this. Because somebody oh, was no. like, oh, well, who is she? What does she do? And I was like, I guess you'll have to listen. I don't know how to explain mm. it. I know it because I've experienced it, but you're going to have to listen to her. So go ahead. I'm interested too. <laughs> oh my gosh. No pressure. You know, using words to describe the work that you do when you're an abstract entrepreneur is so interesting because mm-hmm. you really do get to choose. And I'm sure you've seen online some really like stretches of, of terminology that are thrown out there. Um, so as of right now, the way that I identify myself is as a intuitive business mentor and an energy healer. Um, so I work with entrepreneurs who do who do creative work and identify identify themselves as deeply connected and want to explore that through the lens of their business. And I also do energy healing work, which the type of energy healing I do is a mix of tarot reading, uh, energy healing, and mediumship, depending on what I have access to within your body. And uh, it's a little bit of like coaching, except it's not me. I'm channeling your spirit guides. And it gets really interesting every time. And I have no idea what I'm saying. And I take no accountability for the words that come out of my mouth during that time. Because sometimes they're spicy. And it is what it is, you know? <laughs> um, that, that was so... Okay, I have 14 questions I'd like to ask. Perfect. Usual. <laughs> so, so I just want to set the tone because I think... Meg and I have a good understanding of a lot of what you just said because we know you, because we've done, I've done a little bit of work with you and this is not new to us. It is new to a lot of people and I'm going to go out and say it's probably not a stretch to say some people are going to feel skeptical because Mm -hmm. it's not familiar to them. So could you put a, a quick little context around 
what is tarot? And mm-hmm. like, I mean, like baby definitions. What is tarot? What is um, energy healing? And you said a third one. Just give a little context about what does that look like? Again, it's so hard. You guys know this. What she's describing, tell me if I'm wrong, is an experience. It is so hard to describe in words, like in a logical, straightforward way. It really is meant to be an experience. And so, but let's try. Let's try because I know a lot of people are already rolling their eyes. Like, what does this mean? Who is this woo-woo person, right? Absolutely. Or super interested. I think it could yeah. go either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would be like, Kylie, shut up. I want to hear her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I'd like to preface this by saying uh, for many years, I described anything in the spiritual world as woo-woo. I thought it was silly. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that people were making stuff up. I mean, ultimately, sure, technically you are. And I didn't really buy into any of it. So when people feel skeptical, one thing that is really funny um, is that as someone who reads energy... I know when someone is skeptical and it's funny because I'll be in their energy or I'll hear their guides being like, throw this one at them or say this. Cause like I understand, and there's usually a difference between they're skeptical, but they are open. So here are some pieces of information that will support their journey or they're skeptical and it's just not for them right now, or maybe never. And it's okay. You don't have to be understood by them. And I like to be really gentle about this. It's okay if you don't believe in what I do. I actually made a TikTok about this because I had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've never thought of another job that there are some people that believe it's just not even a thing. You know what I mean? (gasps) Wow. Like I have a job where people, some people don't even think I have a job because they're like, that's not even a thing. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like you're describing, it sounds like you're describing dietetics to me, but no, I'm just Ah, so so much to work with here. So much common ground. Um, but so whenever someone's like skeptical, I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with that. It's okay with me, and I don't feel any need to prove anything because there's nothing you could have told me back then that would have changed my mind. And I think everybody's allowed to believe what they want to believe. Um, so you asked me to describe the things. Yes. So tarot uh, is rooted in uh, it's it's an Italian practice. Traditionally, it's adapted in many different cultures, but what it is, is it's a deck of cards um, and each of them symbolize different expressions of our humanity. So um, death and rebirth of cycles, feeling scarce, feeling expressive, feeling like self-love or partnership. It's all different tools that kind of give me a picture of what's happening in your life. So when I'm shuffling cards, things fly out or I can intentionally pull them out. And usually what gets pulled um, either comes from my energy or I'm reading your energy. And so like your spirit guides are what determine what cards pop out. And it creates like a holistic picture and answers questions that you might have. Um, I always tell people it can do things in the future and in the past and the present, uh, but the future is always subject to change. So it changes along with you. So if I read something for you right now and you make a different decision tomorrow about it, if I pulled new cards, it would show the changes in that as well. That's tarot. Okay. That's really, I think that's helpful because I know a lot of people that I even personally know are very frightened to do and to receive readings, thinking that it's going to be some sort of like fortune telling future 
telling in cement, like, I don't want to know, which I relate to. I understand that. I do. And it's nice to hear you saying, Mm -hmm. that's not really it. That's not so much it. So that's helpful. I, I think what's important when we're talking about anything in the future is that it doesn't take away your will, right? You can always change things and adapt things. So I've had people, I had someone randomly DM me, I think this was like a year ago, and I've never worked with her but she saw my work and she's like, I have to ask you. She was like freaking out because um, a, a tarot reader had told her that her and her boyfriend were going to break up. No. And she's she's like, I don't want us to break up. Like, what do I do? And and I offered other interpretations of that because it's not that's not fair. And there mm-hmm. has to be discernment in how you read. And because I know that everyone's gifts are different, so everyone's expression is going to look differently. Usually, when I'm reading cards, sometimes I receive information that's not for them, but it adds context. Mm-hmm. So I might hear, I might see things and know like this relationship's not looking good if X, Y, and Z doesn't change. But I can also hear your guides being like, that's not going to serve them. Here's what would. So if there is a relationship issue, and let's say it's like boundaries are the issue, instead of me being like, your relationship is doomed, I'd be like, here's how you can show up for boundaries. Here's how you can start creating boundaries in your relationship. Because ultimately, it's not up to me. And it is subject to change. What if she does powerfully work through boundaries and choose to make this a really different experience in her life? I can either help her creates more lessons and growth in her life or I can scare her out of even showing up you know wow I love that I'm sure that's really comforting for a lot of people to hear too um and I think I can't remember if you said this or if you told me that you heard this but I think you described kind of the the entire umbrella of the work that you do almost as like spicy psychology (laughs) I just love that I think it's so fun and I think it is a really good bridge like a really good medium between I also was somebody who being in being a dietitian, we are taught to be super analytical, only go based off of the research and evidence and what we see. Um, but it's so much more than that. There is a lot of like t- intuition and decision making that we have to make and evaluate. And so it's it's I think I guess what I'm getting at is like I'm sure a lot of people also are out are out there feeling that way, not necessarily just about their work, but about this topic in general. And when we talk about the the tarot cards, it kind of reminds me when you said that, or when we were talking about it, um, it reminds me of that like psychology test, you know, they show you a card, like an ink blot or something, and you're going to see what you, you're going to see what you see in that ink blot, because it's like a reflection of what your internal feelings and thoughts are. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I was thinking up, I think coming up for me as a um, an example that maybe could, I don't know if maybe some people might relate to that too, as far as like explaining how this kind of stuff works. And I'm just curious about if you would agree with that, or if you want to add to that, or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. talking. <laughs> no, I, no, I, abs- I, I do. I absolutely love that. I, uh, I, and many other readers, what's interesting is like, if I pull one card, it doesn't tell me enough. 
So for me, I'm using my energy work as an anchor to that. So if I'm seeing a card that's like representing self-love, it might not mean self-love in this moment. So there's interpretation that's involved in it. There's context that's involved in it. There's so many layers to it. They also represent more than one thing. So there is nuance to the conversation always. It's kind of like when I pull a death card and everyone's like, oh, I'm like, no, it's, it's not a bad card. It, it yeah. could mean rebirth. It could mean a new right. cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's so much nuance to it in general. And just like you were saying, I think something that I find really interesting when we talk about intuition is a lot of people think that being intuitive or living intuitively or anything intuitive is kind of BS because they think of it as like moving like without thinking. But ultimately, your intuition is grounded in logic. The thing that pulls us away from our intuitive grounded truth, which is rooted in logic, is when we spiral into fear and and overthinking. Our thoughts are not actually logic. Most of them are based in the past. They are repeating cycles over and over again. It's showing you evidence based on what you already know from your past and using that in the present situation, which usually is irrelevant to what's happening actually in front of you. It's keeping you safe. It's not keeping you grounded in logic. Your your intuition has the ability to look forward and it's not going to be like sail across the world. It's usually based in something that is your truth if there was not fear present and that's really what your intuition is whoa yeah intuition this is like the best definition that we didn't mean to have is Mm -hmm. your truth if you didn't have fear Mm -hmm. that's so powerful it's huge and i will i will second what you're saying i also feel sometimes i think this and i i mostly feel feel this from other people, whether it's right or not. I don't know. I feel like when I'm saying, for example, I don't really know why I feel this way. I just have a gut feeling like I, but I'm not doing it or I am doing it or, but there's no quote logic to back that up. People think that you are off your freaking rocker Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they think like, how could you, how could you make a decision without some sort of proof, the science that's, you know, just scream and I it feels very invalidating it feels yeah. very and I don't think I'm alone in that I think no. that a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking wait I remember when I did something even though I had a gut feeling that I shouldn't and it ended up being exactly what I thought it would be or worse and mm-hmm. even though people told me to ignore that our gut feelings have never been wrong I've never had a gut feeling ever mm-hmm. that was wrong I've not listened to it many a time. Cheers (laughs) to that, ladies. Cheers to that. But but here we are, right? Yeah. And I think just, I I do want to hear the rest of your, um, of your sort of like little definitions, but I also, I want to take a quick minute to say, this is a really great illustration of how the work that you do is so helpful and how it serves. And we're just scratching the surface, but if you're able to help people, Listen, do you find, let me ask you, do you find that a lot of times people, um, if you're reading for them, for example, they already know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I have never, never been told something mm. that some part of me didn't already know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So validating. Whenever I get feedback about my intuitive guided sessions, without a doubt, every single one comes back saying that they felt validated in their experience or what they knew, and they felt clarity. Because... When we talk about our intuition, it's important to note your intuition is always a very low 
quiet voice. Your fear is very loud and dominant. So when we're working through energy, I'm basically like pointing a megaphone at all of your intuition and making it loud enough for you to definitively hear amongst all of the fears and doubts. And so that's why people are like, oh, I knew this because it was there. I'm not pulling it out of thin air. I'm pulling it out of your own body. Oh my God. I'm putting a megaphone to the thing that you already know so that you can hear it clearly over your fear. Mm Mm-hmm. This why why don't we all have you? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love you, Selena. Why I think your work is so, yeah. so helpful and powerful is because you're, the way that you your approach to this kind of work is also really digestible, which I think is mm. very hard, right? Like, it, yeah, because it's you. such a... Well said. Right? It's just such an abstract... To most people, um, I well, I don't even want to say most people. To a lot of people, maybe I don't know. But like, yeah, it's just it's like Kylie was saying. It's it's very hard to wrap your head around until you experience it. But the way that you talk about it and the way that you describe it makes it so digestible, and it's just it's delightful. <laughs> it's just it's like you. little scrumptious morsels. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, that's great. That makes sense. I can do something with it because sometimes I've had these experiences, you get in these positions and it's so big. It's so much bigger than you are in that moment on that day. And you can't do anything with the information. So you're like, so what did I just pay for? I don't, I don't, I've paralyzed now. Um, Yeah. hmm. Uh, So anyway, okay. So this is just a tiny little piece of what you do. And I'm going to say, Meg, I don't know what your experiences have been like, but when I was explaining mine with you, Selena, I was saying, yeah, she was pulling cards, but that wasn't the focus. Like she wasn't showing me the cards and like point, she was just kind of, it was just like happening in the background. Mm -hmm. Just so for those of you listening, when maybe you've gotten to have a reading specifically, it's not that. It's yeah, no. part of things. She's not reading tarot for you, though. Not in the way that you maybe have experienced it. So keep mm-hmm. going because I, I want to kind of tie together <laughs> the whole package here. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I remember when I started reading tarot, I was like, I think I'm doing this wrong because the way that I do it. So it's important to remember that, like I describe myself as an energy healer for that reason. So if you're going to a traditional tarot reader, the focus is reading the tarot itself. Mm-hmm. For me, the way that I use tarot is that basically you want to imagine that you're on this, you're on the zoom call with me. I'm seeing you. And in the background, I'm hearing a bunch of other voices that are your spirit guides, your higher self, your inner child, uh, past loved ones. A lot of other voices are are talking in the background. But what happens is when I do energy work, usually the person hasn't spoken or connected with their guides in a while. So they all got lots to say all at once. So the cards are like translators and anchors for the conversation and it helps me communicate and like translate what they want to come forward so that's why I'm using them as I'm talking or I pull cards as someone as as the client is speaking because they'll say something and then a card comes out that says like this basically and it emphasizes I've seen this happen everybody I have seen it like in our sessions I'll be talking yeah. and the card will come flying out yeah <laughs> of the deck <laughs> yeah like I believe in my the way that I read is that 
whenever we're talking about energy, energy, you know, we're made up of energy, it's all throughout our body. And energy does best when it's in motion. And because most of us don't take the time to truly move through our energetics, when we talk about certain things, energy moves. So if we're talking about a a topic that is really heavy on our heart, I can feel it. And that's why when the energy moves, you know, your guides come forward, they're like this point, let's talk about this a little bit more, or let's dig here. And the cards help me direct it. So it all works together in one experience. And that's why you'll never see me be like, here are five cards that talk about, you know, your present situation, they kind of give me a map and um, words to use to describe a lot of energy that's coming forward. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And that is if you've ever had a tarot reading, that's not what this is. It's it's so different. It's so, so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with energy reading, because you're asking about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the way that I can feel it is um, a lot of people describe it this way. Basically, um, when I'm tapping into someone's energy, the sensations in your body, I can feel almost in in a certain way, kind of mirrored in mine, I can still distinguish the difference between what's mine and what's yours, but I can feel what's happening in your body through my body. So when we're talking about certain conversations, I can feel all of a sudden like uh, my throat gets tight or if it's not uncommon that like if someone has physical ailments, like a headache, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing about this headache? Like I can feel (laughs) different parts of their body or if their hip is acting up. Um, And then with uh, what I do is with my hands I also like move energy through the body as I'm reading so I'm doing a lot of things it's an, it's an the queen of multitasking it's a dance. <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I'm moving energy and I'm reading and so we're moving energy through the body we're creating mobility for for energy that's been stuck in the body and hasn't had a chance to be expressed and we're talking about it we're moving it we're getting clarity from your guides and that's how we shift energy through the body um yeah, and that's kind of like the energy piece. Cool. So can you can you briefly just explain to people what you mean by spirit guides? Yes, that's actually a great question. Uh, your spirit guides, it's, it's an interesting one. We have like what I would describe as like a team. Now keep in mind, there are a lot of people who have different experiences um, based on their experience. Everybody experiences it differently. And depending on the origins, culture, religion, everyone will describe their team differently. Some cultures call them like angels. You can call it whatever you want. Any of the verbiage I use is interchangeable, ultimately. Like I use universe, people use God. It's kind of like that. Um, so we're talking about your spiritual team. What it is, is it is guides. Most of them I know, I can tell have been with you since the beginning of your life. You're like born with like these, you want to think of them as like angels or energetic guardians that look over, look over you and look after you throughout your lifetime. You can pick up new ones throughout life experiences. It's very common that, that loved ones who have passed on will latch on to your energy. No, that does not mean you will see ghosts. Don't worry. It just means that they're present to kind of guide you. Um, the same thing happens. I call it like a team because I see it as like your inner child is usually present. Um, your higher self is present. And by inner child, I just mean the younger versions of yourself. They don't actually go anywhere. They exist in your body and they're also stored energetically. And um, when I say higher self, uh, I think it's important. People always talk about the best, their best self or their higher self. Your higher self is just literally the way that we talked about intuition. It's literally you in your purest form. You already are your highest self. It's just removing the layers of fear and trauma and experiences. You in your purest state. 
So that's mm-hmm. what it is. So that version of you is always with you and always accessible. So when I'm talking about a team, I'm, I can see usually um, different, different guides. Sometimes I can see what they look like, especially if they're past loved ones is when I get a more visual representation. Your higher self is very interesting. It looks like you, but sometimes a little bit different. Um, and then your inner child, I can see people as a child, which is very cute and very fun. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then depending on the reading, sometimes I see certain colors or animals or places will come forward. So your spiritual team is just like, they are the ones when you're asking for guidance or you're asking for a sign, that's who you're asking. You're asking them to come forward. And what's really important about your spiritual team is you want to imagine that like, they want to have a conversation with you. Trust me, they are talking to you all the time. That's why when I tap into people's energy, it's like constant communication over years. Mm-hmm. What they're waiting for is for your invitation. So you do have to initiate what I find in my experience. Mm-hmm. It's important to ask for help, ask for guidance. You can do that via journaling or a prayer or a meditation, whatever resonates with you. But you got to make the first move. And then from there is when you start receiving more of the guide, the 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 downloads or the dreams or the signs and synchronicities, things like that. That's actually so this would be really... safe. Go ahead, Kylie. Sorry. I was just going to say this. It would be safe to say this is not a religious thing. This is not, oh, if you're Catholic, then this doesn't work for you because you have angels and prayers. Or if you're this, like it will work for you because you meditate, right? That's it. Yeah. It's across the board. It's like a human experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked with people who are who have different religions as well. And I always ask if there's certain verbiage that they're more comfortable with. Um, but I think what's important is whenever I do energy work, I think it's important to note, I always recommend taking what resonates and leaving what doesn't. You might have different symbols and ideologies than I do. But most of the energy that I'm looking at is in your body. I really am not like pulling from like, you won't hear me pulling like saints and things like that. There are people that do that. Um, I personally just want to work mostly with the body. And my biggest goal is helping people access the information that that's within. Because the more connected we are to our own energetics and our own intuition, the more powerful we are. The less that fear gets in the way of us showing up and living our lives and controlling our lives. And so for me, it's different than religion, but they do get mixed up quite often and so I always like to let people know I'm like you can come here with whatever you believe you let me know where your boundaries are and I will always respect that yeah perfect I love that you said that because it it um one of the things that one of the questions I wanted to ask you is um you one of the things that you do with your clients like you just said is is helping your clients access the information that the body already has so a question, and you you touched upon this a little bit already, but I'd love for you to expand, is how your body communicates information to you energetically. Like, how are you showing your clients how to access that information? What signs might they get or how might they feel? Or like, can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. So whenever we're talking about the body, we're talking about it through layers. There's the physical body the emotional body and the energetic body. So the energetic body is not one that we're necessarily familiar with. We're not really often taught how to tap into that. So what mostly happens is whenever there's something that that your intuition is trying to communicate to you, the first thing that happens is we get an intuitive hint. So this is like that quiet voice that's like, hey, 
pay attention to this. This is what you need to look at. And if we don't listen or we don't respond or we don't acknowledge, we then start responding through the emotions. So the emotional body will start to activate. This is when we start feeling anxious. We're feeling unsettled. We're feeling uncomfortable, uh, angry. It could be a lot of things depending on what the message is. This is when people usually start to notice. But again, are we addressing it? Are we being with it? Are we being present with it? So we have practices that we do through the emotional body. But if we don't, what happens is then we start to notice in the physical body. This is when we start to see like physical ailments, getting sick, feeling injured or sore, things like that start to um, start to happen to start to activate as well. So it's important to know that it always moves in layers. Um, and so the practices I do with my clients, a lot of it is uh, practices that allow you to listen to subtle voices. So that's things like whenever you are seeing like a sign being able to sit with that sign via journaling or meditating or going for a walk. I have practices that I do with my clients on like how to communicate and actually actually speak out and talk to your higher self or um, sitting with your emotionality, being able to actually be with and breathe through the challenging or heavier emotions that are coming up. So it's all mostly processing practices that allow the the information to go from a subconscious knowing to a present conscious awareness. And that's really what we're looking at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. It's just so, so much <laughs> just got said there. So, so, and I think it really goes back to what you said in the beginning is, and there's a million different ways that you can do this depending on who the person is, what they're coming in with, what they're willing to do, all the things, right? But it's amplifying that quiet knowing, that quiet truth that some part of them already knows and helping them gain access to that and then I wanted to ask you this do you find that once people are kind of on board with whatever that intuitive nudge might be okay I know I know it I know right they're not fighting that anymore do you find that it's a whole second layer to get them to take action on it Oh yeah, because there are some things where I'm like, <laughs> I know, yeah. but I'm like, I'll do it in two years, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, it's kind of like the way people think that spiritual awakenings work is that you you're gonna have this like, like come to Jesus moments, and then your entire life is gonna flip upside down, and you're a new human. Again, I, I want to reinforce that like you already are your highest self. You're moving through layers of conditioning, so. I think it's important to recognize there is a difference between having awareness over something and feeling ready to act on it. There's a, it's a really important distinction because when you're aware of something, I have clients that are like, I already know that I'm like working through this piece. Why am I not doing something about it? Because your body actually needs to take time to catch up. Is she's talking about Meg me, everybody. It started. It's officially started. I'm on the top. <laughs> you just <laughs> lost it there. And I was like, well, that's not really that funny. Now I understand. She's yeah. calling you out. <laughs> yeah. Meg I, happens to be in a season where she is, her body is recalibrating to new expression. Yeah. Sorry. Don't mean to interrupt, but I know yes, you're fine. I, <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring this up. That was one of the things that you know, and I, I've only worked with you once. And that was one of the things that I felt held by when you said it was almost like a permission being granted, like, hey, just because we now know these things are true, 
doesn't mean you need to do shit about it. That's a second choice. And you get to decide that until you don't, right? That was the message that I received, (laughs) right? right? And you can keep going on that. But I think that a lot of people, I hope that offers some layer of comfort to to you guys because I I do think that once we become aware, part of why we don't want to do the soul searching is because we don't want to know the answers. Part of why people don't want to do work with you and I, Meg, is because they don't want to know what the problem is and what changes they have to then make. Because it's Mm -hmm. almost like knowing and doing are the same thing. And I think, Selena, what you're saying is that not always, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like we talk about it in steps. Like healing comes in phases. And I think there's this idea that you're going to discover this part of yourself and then you're going to heal it. You're going to fix it and it's gone. But healing doesn't work that way. In fact, the majority of what we're working through are going to be core lifelong lessons. And it's not about fixing things. It's about building a relationship with all parts of yourself. I think Kylie feels cold. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, no. This is, we don't, I don't mean it's, this happens to us every episode. We are used to it. (laughs) Go ahead. Continue. Continue. But it. But it's true, right? But it makes, I'm not shocked, right? Like this is what the healing space tells us. Like heal your inner child. Your inner child's not going to go anywhere. I don't know what that, what people think is going to happen. Like they think if I heal this, I'll never have this negative emotionality again. That's not going to happen. We're human beings. You're going to have the full spectrum of, of emotionality. The difference is, do you have a relationship with that part of yourself? If we're talking about like people who experience feelings of unworthiness. Have you built a relationship with the feeling of unworthiness? Do you know how to soothe yourself and support your system and create safety in your body when that does flare up? Will you show up for yourself when it does come up again? And healing is lifelong because it will be in layers. You'll learn a lesson about worthiness and you'll feel a little bit more grounded. And then it's like your body's like, I can breathe a little bit more. Let's exhale a little bit further into this part of the unworthiness wound that we have. And so you'll feel like, oh my God, am I going backwards? But you're moving forward. You're just going deeper. You're exploring more of yourself. And so when we have this idea that the goal is to complete the healing, to finish it, we do ourselves a disservice because we see ourselves as broken when our body is trying to show us more of who we are. Mm. Oh my gosh. That like... (laughs) I wish you had a like drop that that was a mic drop moment. (laughs) Well, and it also honestly, because don't we all feel this way? We have all felt this way. I really feel confidently that I can speak for everybody listening. We have all felt like we're broken. (laughs) We've all been told in directly or indirectly that that's the case. And then feel just like you're saying, like, well, if I just do this thing, if I fix, Mm -hmm. if I get rid of, if I, you know, tune Mm -hmm. out, then this and I I think what you're saying is like nope it's always there Mm -hmm. yeah and that's cool and that's cool Mm -hmm. like it's it's actually there is no other way so lean into it what might you say or what might you have um offered to people who this is me again it's me it's not I do feel like a lot of others will also feel but this one's me about feeling so frustrated with the length of time that some of this shit can take because for Mm. me 
I know I'm not alone here. It feels like <laughs> I'm all For done now. Fucking forever. That's what it I'm feels done. like. I'm <laughs> done. I'm done. I don't want to learn a deeper version. I don't want to learn a new lesson. I am done. And I just want to coast for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why can't yeah. I do that? Right? Okay. And it's never been the case. Never. And what sort of words of cozy wisdom might you offer me and us? <laughs> <laughs> you might not find this cozy, I will say. Uh, because... <laughs> Here's the real issue. It's it's solvable. It really is solvable. Okay. Your job, your full-time job is not to heal. When people Ooh. treat their healing as a full-time job, they become fixated on always working on it and then they infuse no rest, no play, and no fulfillment and joy as a focal point of expression. When you make healing your job, you will be frustrated because you'll feel like it's never done because it isn't going to be done. I think you've thoroughly surprised Excuse Kylie. <laughs> Come again. <laughs> Excuse me, what language are we talking about? <laughs> I don't think I heard you right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a new truth. That's a new truth. Maybe not even one that I recognized was actually happening, which is so common, right? Yes. But to to know that, boy, man, yeah. Every time you think, I've got to meditate, I've got to journal, I've got to go for a walk, I've got to do the things, you always think about it because there should be an expected end result. Mm-hmm. I never feel the end result. <laughs> never. I don't. I don't. No, you're not wrong here. Here's two things I want to say about that. One, when I talk about listening to your intuition and people are like, you're crazy. The alternative is be logical. What is the logic? It is external shoulds. It is external expectations. When people tell you you shouldn't listen to your intuition, they're telling you you should listen to society and your conditioning instead. They're not telling you there's a greater wisdom. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think that's really Mm -hmm. important here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's an important element. But when we look at it in the context of like, I feel like I'm always healing, it's because when we look externally of what healing should look like, we hear these miracle stories of people who tell you that I I healed this part of myself. And yes, you will see progress. You will see results. You will not feel the way that you do now. You'll feel safer in your expression because you've built a relationship with all parts of yourself. Of course, there's going to be improvement. But if we are living to constantly improve, we are not actually being present. We're not living and being here. We are waiting for tomorrow to be a better time. We are to-do listing our healing practices, and we are not actually enjoying life. I do to-do list, mate. It's disgusting. And (laughs) and I have to say, it is very rarely, at least as of recently, Mm -hmm. it's very rarely something that I get done and I'm like, that was what I needed. It's more about like, literally checking a box that I create on the whiteboard on my fridge. Yeah. Like an actual box that gets checked. And it's, I mean, not to say that there's not something important about holding yourself accountable and having a way of like really maintaining a practice and a routine. But I, 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 this is just a new um, lens that I've never, I didn't know existed to look through about you can't try to do the healing all the time. Mm-hmm. Or else you're you're specifically avoiding the point. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you burn yourself out. And there's seasons to healing too, right? Like I like to talk about them like an internal winter, spring, summer, fall. Like the, you literally have all seasons. So in a winter, yeah, you're going to feel more of that internal work. It's going to feel more fiery. But if you're always in a winter and you never have a summer where you get to be expressive and share with others and be in your joy, then why are we doing this? You know, like, why are we making our experience so miserable? And here's the thing. I agree. We have to hold ourselves. I'm a big fan of a schedule. I'm a big fan of accountability because we have to hold ourselves accountable and show up in spaces. However, if I have a client that's been, that does the same routine every day and it's not working for them, I will tell them to change it. I I think more commonly than not, especially because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, I have to tell them to rest, to go play, to put down the phone. It's we're done here because we have to acknowledge when it's no longer supportive or that we're just performing the act. We're not present in the act. And there is a big difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call myself out. I've been doing that with my meditation lately Mm. (laughs) and it's not been conducive. Like I've not been feeling good about doing it at all. And so I just actually stopped, like kind of made the choice. I'm going to stop because the, what I'm doing isn't, working. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm doing it to do it or else I punish myself sort of mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that's, so for, for people who are like raising their hands in their car right now (laughs) by themselves, (laughs) hoping to never have to tell anybody these deep, dark truths, what, (laughs) what tools might we be able to offer them to help support this idea and, and discomfort, I think, around letting go of this idea of having to feel like you have to heal all the time. And I think guys take that however it might mean to you. Yes. Like I'm saying the words doing the healing all the time, but that might mean a million different things for you. So what, whatever that, whatever comes up, what can they actually do or think about? Great question. I, when I look at my practices, there are goals and intentions behind them. So some of them are an act of, of stillness and discipline. So like showing up for meditation, absolutely. Working out is another one for a lot of people, right? Like I work out because I know that it supports my body. Am I going to stop working out if I no longer enjoy it? No, but I'm going to switch the method in which I do it. So when we're talking about your healing practices, it's important to ask, is the action giving me the result that I'm looking for? Is it bringing me closer to it? Or am I now just going through the motions because I feel like I should? And so especially when we talk about things like meditation, I have, or journaling is a really common one. I have clients that know, they, they tell me they should be journaling, but they don't love it and they don't enjoy it and they're doing it just to do it. And so I'm like, okay, no problem. Go for a walk. It's my favorite practice in the whole world. Magnosis one. <laughs> I, I tell people it's, it was my, I felt like a genius when I discovered this. It's really not that impressive, but to me it was like life altering. <laughs> I was going through the park one day and I saw this woman seemingly talking to herself. And then I was like, well, like, what's going on here? And she turned her head and she had a headphone in one ear. And immediately I thought, oh, she's on the phone. And I, and in that moment, it dawned on me that if I have headphones in, people assume I am on the phone. So it's, this is this is life-changing, I'm telling you. So I go for walks and nothing's playing and I have headphones plugged into my phone and I just stream of consciousness, say everything that I wanted to say, but I say it like this, as though I'm 
fully talking to someone and I never get weird stares. They always assume I'm on the phone and I get to process the way that I want to process. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. That is absolutely genius. Yeah. And such a reflection of our society that if you have a headphone in, it's like, oh, <laughs> right. she's cool. That yeah, was not okay. crazy. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> that was not crazy. Is- Personally, this is why I didn't mind the mask mandates for so long is because Mm. that I felt because I, I found myself talking to myself, but nobody could tell because I had (laughs) a mask on. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So I'm in trouble when they went, they disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) But that's exactly it, right? Like, are you forced, like if if you're journaling because you want to feel the release, you want to connect the dots. Let's say that's your goal. And you've been journaling every day and and you're like, you know what? It's not feeling that way. Then try vocally processing. If the goal is processing, try a different way. A lot of us get hung up over doing it a certain way. Sometimes I find the most healing thing you can do is taking a break from your daily practices. That way you can see like, do I feel guilt or shame for not doing this? Or do I just miss it and crave it? Because that's a difference, you know? Yeah, totally. that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh I've felt that some from time to time. Like, ooh, I just really want to write today. Right? Yeah. I'm not a writer, yeah. you know? So when I feel that, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, let's, let's actually – that's great. Okay. Yeah. I love what that. I, what I recommend doing is um, setting an intentional period of time. So for example, my, my mornings for me, I really do enjoy my solo time. So I have a blocked off time period, but the things I like to do in that time change all the time. Like sometimes I do readings for myself, sometimes I journal, sometimes I go for walks, whatever it is. But the goal, I have an intention for what I want to do for myself if, if the goal is replenishment, finding peace, connecting to myself, setting a tone for the day, whatever it is. And then I have like, you know, you can create your own like visual toolbox of things that you could do that make you feel that way and then pick from it. You might be someone who likes more structure. You might not. So you might want to choose something different every time. We're allowed to alter the things we, we want to do and have seasons with our expression. So play around with it. Don't get hung up over it has to look like this because it does for her. Like you get to choose, you know? That's such a good point because it reminds me of um, a conversation we had because I said to you, I I love consistency, but I hate routine. And that's when you were like, mm-hmm. then don't do a routine. Mm-hmm. You were just like, like and it was exactly like what you said come up with like a list of things that I like and then just like pick and choose and that makes it so much Mm -hmm. easier for me I don't have to have something planned going back to your point about just having the time and then for whatever I'm feeling I need I can just pick from my list like I don't even have to think about it and that's really helpful yeah what about for people who don't have as much of an opportunity to have a slow morning like we do maybe they have kids maybe they have to like get up run to the office like that doesn't exist you, I can't imagine this you must hear this a lot I don't have time, time. to yeah. journal to walk to read to meditate what um what do you find helpful for some of those folks or maybe this is you or has been you at some point um that that we can kind of be like actually we're calling you out on this here are some <laughs> things Take yeah note. when we think about the higher version of ourselves. I always like to start there. Like when you think about who you would be and how you would show up in your life, if you weren't feeling overwhelmed or consumed by fear or self-doubt or 
feelings of unworthiness. When you visualize that version of you, what are they doing? How do they spend their time? What do do they do with their time and energy? And I like that as a, as a starting point, because if we're battling over time and and our current energy, we're going to, we're going to nitpick, start there, start. What is the vision? What is the goal for ourselves? What is, what is the best version of me do? Because yes, it's, it's kind of, there's two sides to this one, like often for me, I was like, I have no time. And then I, and then I got it. And then I did the thing where you go to your iPhone and you check your screen time <laughs> and then you see how yeah. much time you spend on your phone. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't have time for a five minute meditation and I've been on YouTube for like two hours. I'm like, Oop. Right. Um, so there's gotcha. that. But the other thing I will say is that there are situations that like I work with a, a lot of moms where it's like they genuinely are not going to find extra time. So there's a difference. You have to first acknowledge what are we working with? Are you genuinely have like zero time um, in which case we, we have to look at that as well. Or are there, there, are there pieces that we can take a little bit of more responsibility for? What are we willing to sacrifice in order to experience more joy, more peace, more connection, right? Yes, How important yes. is it for us? Love now, if it's distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I, um, with my, with my clients that are moms, we have like with child and without child activities. So we have the mm-hmm. things that they can do when children are present and when they're not. And my biggest thing is I like to habit stack. So meaning we're adding things to your day on top of things you're already doing. So examples of this could look like, um, I have a client who, um, she has like 15 minutes, I think roughly, uh, between, um, when she drops her kids off at school and when she's home back at work and those 15 minutes, she likes to listen to like guided meditations and she like does the, she obviously keeps her eyes open, but she's breathing through it. She's listening to the words. That's a part of her process. Right. Um, I have clients that stick um, like that work really well with like affirmations or um, practices they like to do. They stick it on their washer mirror. They do it while they are brushing their teeth in the morning or putting on their makeup. Um, If we're talking about, um, if we're talking about practices like working with your higher self, the kind of one that I just talked about, the verbal processing, I have clients that have dogs and I tell them to, to while they're walking their dog, do it. You oh, know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. yeah. Or if we're talking about like building a relationship with your body and food, it doesn't have to be time intensive. It could be like expressing gratitude as you're cooking. Or if you're like watching TV while you cook, like turn the TV off. There's a lot of little pieces that we can play with, but work off of the way that you're already doing something and ask, what can I add or take away from something that's already in my schedule? I don't like to complicate it and start small. That's amazing. Cause these are things that, that, you know, any busy person is going to know what's in their schedule. We know, know. right? (laughs) And and so (laughs) you, you can say, I love that. Like for you brush your teeth every day, hopefully. (laughs) like can that be a time that allows you to like to um to trigger the the reminder I'm gonna do an example an affirmation or I'm gonna whatever it might be I love the idea of turning the tv off Mm -hmm. so in other words taking away instead of adding to all the time because it Mm -hmm. does and I, I also appreciated this little reminder of it doesn't have to be time intensive because I know even when I think about this it feels overwhelming because it feels like it requires so much of my energy, so much of my time. And then when I choose not to prioritize time for that, yeah, it makes me feel coming full circle here, here, like I have failed and something mm. is wrong with me. And I, I 
do think that that is that's something I know even with my friend group we've, we've talk, talked a lot about I don't think it's a unique experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I always like to say like when we're t- absolutely when we're talking about taking away things or restructuring them they can be very very quick we're looking at usually and honestly I would say 90% of people could benefit from consuming less social media and being more present. How many of us like eat meals with the TV on or um, because we feel like we feel the discomfort rising or the presence, right? Sometimes it's also just intention. If our intention, like while working out, like what I love setting intentions when I work out, like how I want to feel in my body, like I set a tone for what I'm about to walk into um, because that changes the experience, you know, or like gratitudes are an easy one. Like I know everyone and their mother tells you to say gratitudes and there's all lame ones. Like, don't give me lame ones. Like I'm grateful for my coffee. Like genuinely sit there for a minute and like really, and then there's the guilt gratitudes where you're like, Oh my God, I said, I, I'm grateful for my mom. I'm going to be grateful for my dad now. Like we're not doing that. Right. It's your experience. Be selfish with it. Um, or, um, brags are a big one that I really love, like sitting there and being like, you know what, like, I'm so good at this or like really acknowledging yourself. Those are things that take a couple minutes that you can do while you are doing other things. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. ultimately something I, I, I want to acknowledge is that no matter what you're going to change, there will be discomfort when you turn the TV off or you put down the phone you will notice how you've been feeling that whole time. You will feel the anxiety that's been sitting in your chest that entire time that you were avoiding it. You'll, you'll feel the rise of emotionality or your brain will start running through the to-do list because that's what we've been avoiding. And learning to sit with the discomfort, to breathe through it, to move through it, to, to support your nervous system, those things are going to be healing. Remember that your mind is seeking to repeat cycles and your intuition is seeking to disrupt cycles, which means it's going to be uncomfortable. Right? Oh, say that last part one more time. That was like, I need to hear it again. <laughs> your mind is seeking to repeat cycles and your intuition is seeking to disrupt them. Your mind is not uh, bad. We I mean, love the mind. The t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. See? It's branded t-shirts are going to come from this. Yeah. The, the mind is not a bad thing. It's always like a battle of the mind and the body. Your mind is beautiful. It, it comes up with so many beautiful processes. It, it's, it's healing. It is nourishing, but it is using information from the past. It is okay. But if we can acknowledge that, we can learn when to listen to it and when to tune it out. When, it, when we can lovingly say, I love you, thank you so much for providing that perspective, but I'm actually okay. Instead of like, screw your mind, your thoughts, you know, like that's not going to help. That's the part that's always been hard for me is to remember to say, you know, fr- from the angle of thanks so much, that was helpful at once. It is yeah. no longer now. Appreciate you. You're dismissed, right? Yeah. It's, it's instead, <laughs> it's like you beat yourself up about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Listen. The external world does a great job of shaming us as it is. Like it's doing a sick job. There is no part of you that I think you need to shame even more. Like I think we're good on that. I think we could pass up on that opportunity. And that's why I describe it as building a relationship to all parts of yourself, like your ego or the the, the parts of you that feel envious. Like we want to shame ourselves out of them and it's not doing anything for us. Building a relationship is how we understand where they're coming from, why they're present, what they're trying to do for us, and then appreciate them and, you know, let them not be in the driver's seat of how we run our lives anymore. Oh my God. I love that. Oh, I want to ask one last quick question or Meg, did you have something? I had a, well, it's a question slash comment, but also 
wrap up ask too so go ahead (laughs) so I just wanted to go back real quick to the idea of intentions Mm -hmm. um, and setting an intention for a short quick period of time that somebody might have this might be something that feels confusing or overwhelming to people can you this might be a hard ask but can you throw out some examples of intentions that somebody might set kind of like all over the board right or gratitudes or little like snippets that somebody might hear and say, yes, that's what I want to start with. Just Mm -hmm. to provide a little springboard or inspiration for people who might feel overwhelmed by that. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing that comes to my mind is remembering to be like, the goal is ultimately presence. Whenever we want to feel peace or joy or be in our experience, presence is always the goal. So something I always, when my always like to do when my mind starts racing, when I start thinking about the 80 things I'm doing, because I can't be the only one who does this. Like you're doing something, you're like, okay, so after this, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and I should probably do that and then I have to make the decision. So like I'm not even doing the thing that's in front of me and I could feel it, right? You start getting anxious because you're thinking about like, oh my God, I've like 80 things to do. Of course I'm anxious, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So what I recommend doing is reminding myself that like I'm going to rethink about this when I actually need to do it. So a big one, a bit a good example of this is like making dinner when you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to make the sweet potatoes or the rice tonight? And you're literally like doing work right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Every time I, that comes up, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to make? I can't figure out what. I stop myself. I breathe. I'm like, I'm going to have to rethink about this. I'm going to do this again. There's no way I'm picking a decision right <laughs> now. And then I absolutely won't consider the sweet potatoes or the rice in, in, in an hour when I actually need to think about it, right? <laughs> so yeah. we have to ask ourselves, do I need to do this right now? No. Am I going to think about this again? Yes. Let it go. So a good way of sitting with an intention is asking yourself, does this need to be here right now? Do I need to do, deal with this right now? Is this serving me right now? Most of the time it's not, and it helps bring us back to the present. So then you can do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Guys, I hope that's helpful. I hope that's so helpful. Yeah. Because I think it's yeah. overwhelming. I think so too. I, um, part of, the aspect that I think is, or the connection that I think is, I personally think is really interesting that I just think is a really good, like all encompassing full circle wrap up of our episode today is a lot of the work that you do can also, it, it and you mentioned some of the ways already that it leads back to what we think of as like physical health of the body, right? Like we talked about how not processing your emotions can can manifest as things like anxiety or depression or things that are or physical ailments could pop up as a result of you know other emotional states that you might experience. So it's it's for those people listening that are very much struggling with a mental health condition or a physical ailment that like that it's not to minimize those things. They're important and there's a plethora of different ways to address them. But I personally wanted to bring light to the type of work that you do. And this is something you were talking about just the other day in one of your calls is that and Kylie probably talks about this all the time in the work that you do. But like, the the amount of like receptors that are in the gut as far as neurotransmitters and how it affects Mm -hmm. our mood and how we even in my work, like Mm -hmm. it's the number one director of what's happening on the surface of our skin. And so it's just, I just wanted to bring it full circle and say that I think that when people try to separate the stuff that 
you and I are, or might be considered more woo woo or whatever it is. And, and like actual, not actual, but like, you know, more objective, what Mm -hmm. most people feel as are more objective scientific information. I think it's actually the same thing. I think they're just being described in different ways. Like you can't, and I think we'll get, I I personally, I think we'll get there like several, maybe light years in the future. (laughs) But like, I just wanted to point that out that I kind of think at least if they're not the same thing, they're running very parallel to each other. For So for any listeners who are maybe wondering why we decided to take this route, at least for me for this episode, I thought it was really important to shed light that there are people like you who are doing this type of work and how truly helpful it can be because it does encompass your health and your what we think is physical health. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. If I could add, I, I will say, as someone who uh, it does experience mental illness, I always found this avenue very challenging because, you know, it's just like, just think better thoughts. I was like, absolutely go screw yourself. That's absolutely <laughs> that what's not happening in my right. body. Yeah. I do want to say that when we, when we talk about um, the connection between the energetic, the emotional and the physical, by no means is this suggesting that it is your fault for not processing mm-hmm. enough and that's mm-hmm. why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. I don't su- subscribe to that ideology. What it does, though, is it creates another layer of holistic support. So when you're yeah. in the state, you did not cause it. You are not being punished. It is not mm-hmm. – you not, should not feel shame over it because you didn't do a good enough job. That's And that's, again, this is why I say, like, we are not fully healed. We are not looking at healing your trauma in order for you to experience peace or joy or health. You can experience trauma and still have a deeply fulfilling life and feel good in your body and create safety and access points. So what I think is important is absolutely, I see it as one piece to the puzzle. It doesn't have to be the whole thing, but I'm even, Meg knows, I'm on a journey of healing my gut and my hormones. And one of the things that we're working on, because my body isn't currently responding to the the medicine that we're, we're utilizing, is we were looking at the emotionality. It's like it's like a lot of digestive issues, and a lot of them are rooted in my stress, in my body's response to stress. So we have to consider emotional and energetic experiences, which, mm-hmm. by the way, fun fun fact, uh, energy readers actually do end up having a lot of like digestive issues, as you can imagine. That's I like bet, <laughs> I bet, I'm sure. Yeah. So send all of them, tell all your all your energy healing friends to Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I I I so Meg. Thank you for bringing this up and for expanding on it, Selena, because it is it is the point of what we're doing here. The mm-hmm. point of these conversations is to share with people the things that exist that can be helpful and supportive. Maybe it's not now, maybe it's on the road, or maybe it's a no. But I think the bigger shame is always not knowing not having the information to be able to make a choice for yourself. And I mean, you could Jake that to the bank for everything, but in this context, I think, yeah, it's, it's an important piece. And personally, Meg, I'll speak for you. I think, I think this is also true. This has been a piece of our journeys. This mm-hmm. has been a truth for us. And that's what we do here is what, mm-hmm. what is it that, you know, and, and, not to say that, you know, what we do is, is it, you know, but just to <laughs> say that like, we're you, right? We are also you and we 
came here to this tool because other tools weren't enough on their own for where we are right now. And I think that a lot of a lot of our listeners can see themselves in that at some point. Um, so, yeah. Selena, can you tell us um, how people can find you and what their choices might be and what what they can do if they were to Google you? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you could Google me. I don't know that it would be as, as supportive, but you could find me. <laughs> you could find me on Instagram and TikTok as at Selena Rosso. Um, I'm sure there'll be a spelling here. Yeah. I'm just during the all of these. Yeah, all of these will be in the show notes yes. as usual. <laughs> yes. Um, and I do uh, I do one off uh, single I call them intuitive guidance sessions, which is the the type of work that we're describing. So those are also available. Yeah. <laughs> I will speak to that because that's what I've done. Meg is doing some intense, like awesome work. I've done the one off mm-hmm. and I can still say it's awesome. It was so great. It was so, yeah. so great. So if those of you who are like thinking, hmm, maybe I just want to dip my toes. Maybe I'm not ready for a whole shebang. Terrific starting point. I mean, I'm ready for a shebang. I just happen to choose <laughs> that. I just, it's a really, really great kind of like starting rung in terms of just deciding to feel out how well you think a tool like this um, might be helpful. Yes. Um, and um, you can always message me, by the way, there are no dumb questions, you can always reach out and ask me them. My whole philosophy is making sure that this feels approachable. Healing doesn't have to be super serious and boring and intense all the time. It can also be funny and fun. So if you're ever just have any questions about it, I'm always open to chat. I was gonna say, and I was about to say, I'm gonna ask a silly question. Although you just told me that there is no such thing. Is it possible? It might not be possible. To give a, like a 30-second example of what it feels like or is like doing this like one-on-one stuff. I don't know what you would read or pull. I'm not sure how to describe it. But is there a way to show – because you could, we can see you right now. And I know yes, the hand things, it's like it's an interesting thing to see. Is that a thing that is not – it doesn't feel good or right to do? No, I can, I can pull something real quick. Let's see. Oh, you're not going to like this one. <laughs> Just go ahead. Tell us like it is. <laughs> um, okay. What <am> I done? <laughs> so you two get to decide which one of you you think this is. I already know. But um, <laughs> this is a great example, by the way, of me lovingly saying something, but these are not my words. So you can't get mad at me for listeners who are wondering how I communicate. So there um, is someone in this room who knows that they need to, we've talked, we briefly had mentioned, um, you know, the universe is patient with you until they no longer are patient. And someone is choosing not to move forward when they know it's time. And it's causing a lot of like emotional distress. Like it's creating a lot of anxiety within because they know that they need to start moving on it. And your guides are basically saying like, let's go because this won't serve you. Oh, and the reason why it won't serve you is because you are so much in your head. So instead of it being like a powerful place of you reflecting. <laughs> for watching, if you, it's if Kylie, isn't it? It's Kylie. It's def- yes, it's only Kylie. <laughs> um, but instead of responding from a place of power, this person may be 
saying really mean things to themselves in a really unhelpful and unmotivating way that's not moving them forward. So does, does that give a picture of what we're dealing with? Can we cut this part out? <laughs> um, the good news here, here's a good, here's a good spin though. Um, the good news is that your guides are telling you that not only are they telling you to move forward because they know you're ready. They're telling you that the feelings that you're feeling are warranted, but the discomfort that you're feeling right now, cause I could feel it. It's like in your solar plexus. Right? Right there? Yes. It's in your solar plexus. She, for those of you not who can't see this, I literally saw Kylie's hand go to where her solar plexus is before Selena said that. Yeah. So, so it's right in there because it's your sense of power and identity and, and showing up. So being seen and heard in, in this dynamic, um, which I imagine you specifically know what I'm talking about. Obviously, I won't. But what I'm seeing, though is that it will be successful. What, what I'm seeing is that you're waiting for the discomfort to alleviate and then you'll know it's time. But what your body is saying is like, no, 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 we are giving this to discomfort to show that you are strong enough to move through it and you will be successful on the other end of you moving forward. Is that, does that feel right for you? <laughs> do I want to kiss you? Do I want to smack you? Do I want to like punch myself? There's a lot coming up right now. All for guys, that was all for you. I want you to know I put myself on the line there to give you an illustration of how and by the way, I uh fuck with me. love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's completely true. Selena, you might not remember, but this is not any different than the last time we spoke. This is the same bullshit. Although, today, okay. remember how you said you get to choose until you don't? Mm-hmm. Cheers to today being the day I no longer get to choose. It's done. It's done. It's happening. Amazing. Yay. I'm setting it. It's my we're birthday. It. it is the day. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time. It's time. 33. It is... We're moving in. Let's go. Oh, it's, a, it's three, three. Yes. It's yes. double threes, which we love. Um, also, you want, you want to freak out right now? You're going to die. Yeah. You ready to absolutely I die? I was going to, I was going to tell you this card because I was like, it's cute. It's like fun and it's cute. And then you said you're turning 33 and um, we have the three of cups, which is three, <gasps> three women <laughs> holding three cups. Which makes it now 333, which, yes, is a divine synchronicity. But I was specifically going to bring it up because it represents friendship and collaboration and creativity. Um, And for you to say that is saying that this is most definitely for you in this moment. So we love that. I love love you. I do. I really do. (laughs) Thank you. Do you guys see – is this a really good illustrate – I mean – I'm so grateful. Thank you. I, I really hope that you don't feel like I was taking advantage of you. No, 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 please. I really did <laughs> want to illustrate. I think that was that was what I was looking for. I wanted to illustrate Great. <laughs> exactly what something like that could feel like and how it can shake you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good and bad. Yeah. Yes. I will just preface by saying usually if that's in a session, obviously there's information around that. And I've already worked with Kylie's energy. So I know I can say something like, I don't just like abruptly say things like that, but I know her energy and I know that I can say that and it would resonate. So. Absolutely. Oh my God. Freaking amazing. And one year's time, I'm going to come back and listen to this episode. And if mm-hmm. shit hasn't changed, well, that's on me then at that point. I guess. Yes. <laughs> it will. I, I have full confidence. It's going to happen. 
Selena, That's thank so you. Insane. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We got, we're going to put you. all of her information and resources in the show notes for you guys. Um, check out what she has to offer and how you might get support and healing through her. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so for your much. Time. We so appreciate you. Thank, thank you. thank you for thank having you, me. Thank you. So much love. Yay. Thanks, Selena. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey all, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. It really means the world to us. And we want to let you know that we really love to hear from you and we want to know what you're more and more curious about. So if you are having a particular experience and you'd love for us to track down an expert to try to teach everybody more about that, let us know. Or on the other hand, if you have had an amazing experience with a practitioner who you think would be really great for our show, let us know. We would love to try to bring them on and spread the good news. Thank you so much. Let us know. We're happy to hear from you.